way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I'd like to start with a quote. Here's the quote. Get your tweeters ready. The only thing worse than death is life with no reason. Come on, give me another. Mm. The only thing worse than death is life with no purpose. It is almost better to be dead than to live and not know why. Come on. See, the greatest question in life is not the what, it is the why. Today is National Back to Church Sunday. That is the what. And to be really honest with you, this is just a trick. To be real honest with you, this is just a marketing campaign. All the posters, the emails, the, the ushers, you can rip down all those posters now. It worked. This is all a marketing trick to get people to come back to church. The what is a trick. What matters is the why. And the why is where the heart is at. The why is the only reason we'll play this trick here. The why is why we did this. The why we did this is because we truly, truly believe that you and I, that everyone in here that has ever been born was created with a purpose, was created with a plan. Tell somebody you got a plan. See, the why is because we truly believe that God created us, that God loves us, and because He first loved us, we can love you. That's the why you were invited today. Tell, tell the person that brought you thank you for tricking me. <laughs> See, some of you would never have stepped in the church if we didn't trick you to church. The people that brought you here, they might have told you stories. They might have said they give away money at that church. They might have said they feed you. They'll give, they might have told you all kinds of desparate to get you in the house this morning. I want to thank those believers who believe that God is going to meet everything that you said he was going to meet. So let's get started, Amen. Since we have you here this morning, I might as well share a message with you. Since, since all the people in the blue shirts out there are not going to let you leave until I'm done anyway, we might, as well, we might as well get into the Word. I'd like to talk to you for a few moments this morning about the original plan. See, some of you might, have, might think you have it all figured out. And there's no doubt in my mind, some of you in here are much smarter than I am. I don't question your intelligence, and I'm not here to insult you. I'm not here to offend you, and I'm not, believe it or not, even here to burden you with religion. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me drop a simple truth, and, and we can try that on for size and take it from there. If you don't like it, you can take off the blue t-shirt, leave, never come back. Amen? Is that a good deal? 
All right. So before we, we get into the truth, let me establish the creation part first. Because if we're going to talk about the original plan that God has for man, we need to talk about the creation part first. Now, listen, I don't think that anyone here would believe me if I told you that this pulpit used to be a lump in the linoleum. Stay with me. This pulpit used to be a tiny little lump that no one could even see with the naked eye because it was so little. But after years and years and years, praise God, after millions of years of preachers resting their iPads on this lump, and after millions and millions of years of preachers having to lay down on the floor because the lump was so little, so for millions and millions of years, preachers had to preach like this, because the lump was so tiny that after so much time, the lump in the linoleum started to grow. Come on, somebody say amen. And, and the lump became a bump. Santo. And after, it took millions and millions and millions of years, but the lump became a bump. And then the bump became a stump. Come on. Woo! This is exciting stuff. And, and, and even though, you know, we, we, we don't have, we've never seen the first tiny little pulpit stumps. And, and even though we can't find any pictures or any evidence of these millions of years of evolution of the lump, bump, stump pulpits. It is generally believed that the pulpit was never created or designed. It just evolved. Does anybody believe that nonsense? Does anybody buy that today? Now how come? This pulpit is a very simple design. It's really made of metal, plastic, and fabricated wood. It's a pretty simple design. It doesn't have any baby teeth. You know, baby teeth that come out when our faces are really little and our jaws are little. And, and those baby teeth that know to fall out when the jaw gets big and then have another set of teeth to grow in. This pulpit doesn't have any baby teeth, it doesn't have any hair, it doesn't have any eyes that have millions of nerves to control them, that have autofocus. This pulpit doesn't even have autofocus. It doesn't have the ability to meet another pulpit of an opposite gender. Because that's the only way it works, by the way. And procreate and have a little baby pulpit in its belly. A little baby pulpit that will survive off of a tube of nourishment from the host and then would grow and grow until the time came where the pulpit could have another pulpit and new life could come. This, this pulpit doesn't even have that feature. It doesn't have any of those advanced features yet and, and none of us would believe that it evolved yet this thing This thing, with all of its wonder, with all of its amazement, it's okay, you can be amazed. This thing is constantly questioned. While every other design has a designer, 
Every other work of art, an artist, every pot, a potter, every sculpture, a sculptor, every creation has a creator. Come on. Okay, so we could get past that religion today then. What I'd like to offer you today is the original plan before we messed it all up with our stuff. Somebody say, bring it. All right, Proverbs, I'm going to. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. To find that purpose, that, or to understand the original plan, we have to go all the way back to the beginning, to the first book in the Bible, Genesis 1. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis 1. If you don't, there are many free apps that you can download to have a full Bible right on your device. Go ahead and do that. To do that, you'll have to shut down your Twitter and your Instagram and your Facebook Trust me, there's nothing good for you right now. The good stuff is right here. Tell somebody, don't get distracted, because if you can be distracted, you can be destroyed. Amen. So Genesis 1, I love the very first line in the Bible that says, In the beginning, God. Come on. In the beginning, God. I love this quote from Miles Monroe. He said, God did not begin when the beginning was. God began the beginning. See, God didn't get started when start started. God started start. Come on, that's good stuff. God started start. So I want to talk to you about this original plan today because if if that's what's going to stand, that's that's what we need to understand. Amen? So if we're not going to buy this evolution nonsense, which is a, a... a belief system. It's a theory. It is, it is a belief. It's a faith system. You have to believe. There's no proof for it, so you have to believe it like faith. So if we're not going to go there, we're gonna, let's look at the creation story for a minute. Genesis 1, it says, God created the heavens and the earth, man. Can you imagine this day? He said there was nothing but chaos. It was formless and void. It was empty and it was dark. And God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let there be light. And let there be night and day, and let the waters gather, and dry land appeared, and let there be bodies of water, and then the moon and the stars. It's, it's so amazing when you think about it. It's like a kid with a set of Lego just building something and saying, look at this. And he puts this here, and he puts this here, and the moon here, and the sun here, and the planets here. And all these things have to go perfectly around each other without collision, without, without crashing. Everything has to work perfectly. Everything revolves around things. You know that, that Jimmy Dean commercial, right, with the planets? Yeah, now nah, we're doing good. Everything has to revolve perfectly without... You, do you understand the beauty of, of nature, of creation? So God designs all of these things. The moon, he says, let there be vegetation. Let there be fruits and plants and trees and seeds. And let there be living creatures in the water and on the land and in the air. And, and then what is the first thing he says to them? He blesses them. He says, be fruitful and multiply. So God says to the animals, well, the children gone. God says to the animals, have sex and make more animals. Fill the earth with them. Fill the sea with them. Somebody said, that's a good God. That's the first command that he gives things. 
So in Genesis 1, we get the whole story in a short version. In Genesis 2, we get a more detailed breakdown. Look at Genesis 2, 5. It says, when no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. Uh-oh, I, I smell purpose. Verse 6, and um, there was a mist that going up from the land that was watering the whole face of the ground. Verse 7, then the Lord God formed man out of the dust from the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. I love this because it's so humbling. You and I were made of dirt. Isn't it funny that we think we're smarter than God? You're made of dirt. Can you think of something lower than dirt? You were made of dirt, brainiac. So, so he takes this dust and he breathes into us. And, and the word for breath in Hebrew is ruach. And ruach is the same word that's used for spirit. So the spirit is breathed into us. So when man is broken down into his very, very basic, we are a spirit in a dirt body. You got that? The crazy thing is that most people focus all their time and attention on the dirt part. Oh, come on. We're going in deep. Come on. If you ain't ready for this, I don't know. We're not going to let you leave, so you're just going to have to be ready for it. Let me tell you a secret. The dirt part is temporary. The spirit part is eternal. Oh, my God. The dirt part is temporary. Anybody here over 40? Can we confirm that the dirt part is temporary? Glasses, fake teeth, uh, parts, tux, this, that, coma, whatever, right? Hair goes, the hair's getting thin. It sucks, man. The dirt part is temporary. The spirit is eternal. We focus so much on the dirt part that's passing away. Neglecting the spirit that is eternal. You know what eternal means? Forever. Infinity and beyond. So verse 8, it says, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. <coughs> and out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So hold up. Let's see this through Adam's eyes for a minute. God creates this place full of wonder. I, I know none of you are amazed anymore. We take everything for granted. You know, we could be walking by and see a butterfly land on a flower, and it's like, so what? Big deal, annoying, nuisance, right? But without once contemplating the 64 colors that are in that, that little dumb bug with wings, without once thinking about the pattern of colors, the way that thing is designed and drawn better than most people in here can draw, Right? We take a butterfly for granted uh, and it lands on a flower. A flower that has 16 shades of yellow in it. Blending from light to dark. 
And, and, and we look at this yellow weed and, and, we, and, and it doesn't amaze us anymore. But, but let's picture the world for a second through Adam's eyes. A world filled with all kinds of trees, with all kinds of flowers, with birds in the air. I mean, that alone is an incredible palette of color. Can you imagine if Adam wanted a falcon, he just, ah, ah. I mean, he's just, imagine this world filled with color. Imagine, you know how some of you buy these little sound machines to help you sleep, right? You press rainforest, you press, oh, well, Adam had one, it was paradise. And you hear every animal and every, you know, bird and, and, and you hear, and you didn't have to worry that the tiger was going to kill you or, you know, we didn't have to be scared of noises. Everything was just this beautiful, um, just a rainbow of color and sound and, and smell. He smells the fruits and the berries and the coconuts and the pineapple. It smells like pina colada everywhere he looks, man. It is just, can you imagine this world of wonder, amen? The nature of the designer is in every detail. Why, why is one watch worth $19 and another one worth $19,000? Because of the designer. Because, because work went into the quality parts, the workmanship. It was designed with quality parts and, and quality work. See, God wastes color and designs and patterns even on things that Adam wasn't even going to see. Nowhere does it tell us that Adam was a scuba diver. So Adam probably never saw the fish. And yet God put all these amazing colors on fish. Have you ever looked at a fish lately? Anybody here have a fish tank? Isn't it amazing, right? You look at these fish and just the colors on them, it looked like we airbrushed them. They have such beautiful patterns. And so, so God, you know, the detail is in there. Have you ever just walked or looked around and said, wow. We, you know, we need to do that more often. We get caught up on so much junk. We get caught up that we don't wow anymore. We don't live in awe anymore. All we do is complain. This place sucks. There's crime. It's dirty. It's this. It's that. Well, that's your fault. Right? That's us. We did that. But the awe, the wonder of the world. Did you know that the world we live in has the perfect mixture of nitrogen, oxygen, argon, and carbon dioxide? Perfect mixture. The only planet we found that has the exact mixture needed to survive. Did you know that if the percentages were off by a few percent, we couldn't sustain life? If there was too much nitrogen, if there was not enough oxygen, if there was too much carbon dioxide, we would die. Nothing would live. It's, it's amazing. So just go like this. Look. That's amazing that you can do that. Oh, man, y'all not getting it, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So God creates, look, this, this blows me away, photosynthesis, the only thing I ever learned in science class. <laughs> it must have been the only day that I went. The, do you know that plants give off oxygen and they take in carbon dioxide? And man gives off carbon dioxide and takes in oxygen. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's amazing See, that's the only way that it could do you understand that if, if this wasn't set up like this from the very beginning one or the other would die and dead things can't evolve do, do you get that it had to be perfectly designed right from the beginning to sustain life 
that can't happen by accident. It takes thousands, it, it, take, it has taken us thousands and thousands of years to understand what God did in a couple of days. God was just showing off when he made you. <laughs> Amen? So the original plan, God prepared everything for our arrival, and then he brings us to the scene. Say, thank you, God. He creates men, and the first thing he does, let's look at, at Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Oh, snap. So the first thing God gives man is a job. Sorry, fellas, this is going to hurt. God's original plan, this is before the fall, this is before sin, this is before we messed everything up. God's original plan was for man to work. It wasn't until verse 22 that God gives man woman. So God's original plan was for man to have a job before he had a woman. until you know they're walking in God's original plan for their lives. All right, calm down. So God prepares this place. He gets everything ready, and then he creates man, and he gives man a purpose. See, he didn't want Adam just sitting on the beach, sipping pina coladas. He didn't want him to find out one day that if you leave the, the grapes out in the sun for a long time, they become alcoholic. He didn't want a drunken beach bum. for the. He gave Adam a purpose. He gave, isn't it awesome that we can have everything, but it doesn't matter unless we have a purpose? So God gives Adam a way and a warning. Listen. Verse 16, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. Listen, everybody's biggest issue with being a Christian, with church, with church folk, is that God is this concept that God is all about rules and regulations and the Bible is all about no's and no's and everything with God is a no. God is the strict parent, you know, the one that always says no. You guys all have that, right? You know, like, if you want something, you go to the mom or you go to the dad, whoever. Right, there's always that strict parent that always got to question everything and say no. And we have this concept of God that God is always the no parent. Listen, if I could get one thing in your head today, this would be a great start. God's desires and plans for us, God's heart for us is yes. Come on, is yes. God's heart for us is yes. He tells Adam, you can eat from every tree in the garden. Now listen, Adam was probably a bobo in the beginning. He said, every tree? God said, yes. Even the, the mangoes? God said, yes, you can eat the mangoes. Yay. How about the coconuts? I can eat from the coconut tree? 
Yes, Adam, even the coconuts. How about those orange things? Are those, yeah, those are oranges, um, Adam. Yes, you can eat from them. How about the, the red things? Those are apples. Yes, you can eat from the apple tree. How about the canepas? Can, I, can a brother get canepas? Uh, God says, yes, even the canepas to you are yes. Two hundred times yes. But Adam, there's one tree. That's a no. And I'm saying, but why? Because if you eat of that tree, you're going to die. Oh, okay. So God is 200 times yes, one no. Do you, do you see the difference? We paint God as 200 times no, one yes. Only in marriage. <laughs> Come on, you, I'll let that, you'll, you'll get that later. So watch this. God creates all of this, and he looks at Adam, and he sees that he sees one thing that's no good. The only time God said something is no good in all of the creation story, God says, oh, Adam's alone. It's not good for man to be alone. Everything else was good. God said he made this, and it was good. He made this, and it was good. And then he looks at Adam, and he says, uh-oh, this bobo cannot be alone. That's what the word says. He said, this bobo's going to need some help. And so the word says he creates a helper for Adam. Does God care that you're lonely? Yes. Somebody need to hear that today. God said it was not good. And so from out of his side, he, he takes woman and he brings her to him. And Adam was pleased. He said, Adam, me likey, likey. Whoa. The word, the word says at first he brought every animal to Adam and brought them through, and Adam named them and named them. Adam's like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, that's a tiger, that's a lion, amen, amen, amen. That's an elephant, no, that's a bear, no, that's not happening. And, and then he said there was no suitable helper for him, and so then he brings them Eve. And Adam said, me likey, likey, that's good. <laughs> so, so man is made from dirt, let's just get a fact. Man is made from dirt, woman is made from man, so woman is made from refined dirt. I'm just saying, that's what it says, right? So yes, you guys are finer than us. You've been purified once. Come on. Santo. So he gives Eve to Adam the first marriage. They become one flesh. Say praise God. And this is the best part. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Come on. Come on, that's beautiful. Some of you get ashamed, you know, you know what I'm saying? The husband and wife were naked and not ashamed. They were just walking. Don't, don't visualize too much, relax. But, but I want you to understand the freedom and the beauty of it. They were naked. I mean, he was running on the beach like Baywatch. It was beautiful. They were not ashamed. And what does he tell them? The first command he speaks to man, be fruitful and multiply. Fill, be fruitful. So fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. So this is the picture that I want you to get. God creates a place that has everything that we need. 
God's original plan is I've given you everything that you need. Everything that you could want, everything that your hearts desire, God's heart toward us is yes. Now Adam and Eve only had one way that they could sin. Not like you and I today where we have temptation on every corner. Somebody say amen. We have temptation up in church. Somebody say amen. That's a whole nother message. We'll deal with that later. They only had one temptation. Everything is yes, except there's one tree. Has anybody ever asked themselves, God, why did you make the one tree? Yes? Did you ever wonder, why did you just make that? Why did you not make that tree? We would have been gravy. All of us would have been naked and unashamed and beautiful and had everything we needed, mangoes and canepas and coconuts and everything that we ever needed. And all we had to do was work. We'd all be gardeners. It would just be beautiful. Why make the tree? Let me give that to you real quick. See, if there, was, if, if there was no tree, there would be no fall. That's true. But Adam's love would have never been tested. Understand, something can't be true until it's tested. And so, because for Adam to be a creature of free will, God gave us a free will. That means Adam had to have a choice. He had to have some opportunity to rebel against God. If there's never a command, if there's never something forbidden, then there can never be a choice. And God wants our love and our obedience to be the love and obedience of choice. You, you get that? Think of it this way. I don't want my wife to love me because she has no choice. Right? Some knuckleheads uh, a little while back, they captured these women and they kept them in their basement for, what, 10, 15 years? That's not a choice. They, they said, I'm going to have a wife. I'm going to have a partner for this and a partner for that. But, but they have no choice. They had to be locked up with chains and, chack, and shackles in, in the dark, in a, in a basement. God, I want a wife to love me because she wants to love me. Anybody understand that, that feeling, right? I would never know that love that comes freely. God wants that love that would come freely. Your wife, Amen. Your wife wants you to, to know her and love her, not because you have to, but because every day you choose to. I got it. Thank you. God gave us marriage so that we can understand that. There's nothing more beautiful than a marriage that has endured. Say amen. A marriage that has gone through their ups and their downs. I, I'll tell you the truth. I'll trust the marriage that has been through things before. I'll trust the marriage that they say everything is good. It's always been good. <coughs> Every time a relationship struggles, there's always the option of ending that relationship. Many men and women have walked away. There are men who walk away from marriages all the time without reason. Just because it got difficult. It got hard. It, it became work. Then there are those that understand that we all have issues. And sometimes we're going to take more than we give. Amen? Sometimes there's going to be seasons in a marriage where one is given 100% and it's barely enough. Anybody been there? But the beautiful, don't say that if your wife is next to you, you know, come on. Use wisdom, bro, come on. But the beautiful part is that it doesn't compare to the feeling when they come together and get through it and understand that I could have walked away a thousand times, but I still choose you. 
I still choose you. Anybody here been married more than 10 years? Come on, right? Yeah. Anybody been married more than 15 years? Whoa. More than 20? Whoa. 25? 30? You look 30 years old. How you married 30, 30 years? You got to give us that secret later. Praise God. The beautiful part is when somebody says, I choose you. And, and you have to understand, I want you to see God this way. God says, I want to love, I want to love that you choose me. I, I could have made, I've made angels to worship me because they had no choice. I've made other angels who had the choice and they chose me or they chose to rebel. Now I'm making you and I want, I want you. I want a man, a woman created in my image. I've created you so that you would worship me. But I want to know that you want to love me. I want to love you. I've given everything to you. I've provided everything you need. I'll supply every single one of your heart's desires. I can supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory, says your God. But I need to know that you love me. Not love me because of what I can give you. Not love me because of what I've given you. Not love me because of what I can do for you. That's conditional love. God says, I want you to love me because of what I've already done for you. Worship team, you guys can come. Now, most of you know the rest of the story, right? The serpent. Yep. <laughs> that was funny from the front. Yep. That serpent. The serpent, Satan, deception, the forbidden fruit, the fall. And we all know because of Eve's and Adam's choices, there was a curse put on the woman. There was a curse put on the man. There was a curse on the land. Understand your choice released the curse. And the world we're living in now, all the ugly, all the devastation, all the depravity, is a result of the choice that produced the curse. I'm going to show you next week how and when all those curses were broken for you and for me. Come on, get excited. And how, how you and I don't have to live under those curses, but that's next week. Yeah, that's another trick to get you to come back. You know, it's not God's plan for you to live under those curses. Some of us accept the curse of poverty. We accept the curse of all kinds of curses that we live in, of not enough. God said, I'll give you more than enough. More than enough. The problem is we're always worried about this dirt part. We're concerned with the dirt part and we're not worried about everything that we can have with the spirit part. The spirit that's going to last forever. The dirt part we got to keep fixing and tucking and nipping and trimming and sculpting and pulling and dragging and let it go people. It's just like, oh, this is gone. The flesh is going to go. The spirit part is what's important, amen? Do you know that a healthy spirit gets your flesh looking better too? Oh, come on. That's a whole nother message. When the spirit inside you is healthy, the life flows out of you. It says out of your style of your belly will flow rivers of living water. 
So next week we're going to get into that, how that was broken. What I, what, <coughs> I want you to come back next week, but I'm not going to wait till next week to challenge you with a choice of your own. Because the truth is, some of you might never come back. I might never see you again. I might never have this opportunity again. Now listen, I understand that some of you, you had a choice today. When someone asked you to come to church with them, some of you have had some really bad experiences with church. And can I just take a moment to tell you how heartfully sorry I am? Can I apologize on behalf of the pastor, the body, the church folks, the deacons, the ushers, whoever it was that hurt you, whoever it was that, that treated you the wrong way, whoever it was that looked down on you, whoever it was that spoke condescending to you, whoever it was that thought they were better than you, that made you feel less than, whoever put that weight of condemnation on you, whoever put that shame on you, can I just tell you I'm heartfully, heartfully sorry. And I thank you today for taking another chance, for taking a risk. I realized that it was a risk today to come to church. I hope that you understand, even by just one visit today, that you understand that that's not who we are. That that's not who any, any Bible-believing, church-going, God-filled, spirit-filled man and woman of God, that's not how they should be treating people. And if you ever see it here, tell us so we can throw them out. Amen. Listen, in this series, we're going to talk about the original plan for everything. God's original plan for man, for relationships, for the church, for his people. We're going to take a couple of weeks and, and deal with this original plan. But the choice today was coming to church. The challenge today is coming to God. Because you can come to church every week. And nothing will change. You could come to this church this week, next church next week. You could come here Wednesday, go there Thursday, come here Friday, come here Sunday, go there Sunday night. You could spend 46 hours a week in church and still be the same. You, you understand that, right? Yeah, you can get tickled, you can get goosebumps, you can get santo. But you can go to church all you want and you're not going to be what God wants you to be. Uh, I'm going to give you a challenge today is coming to God. Because you see, when we fast forward from Genesis to the end, we find out that once again, God is preparing another place for us. Oh, come on. Jesus told the disciples before he left them, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. I would not tell you if it were not true. And if I go, I go because it means I'm going to come back. And I'm going to come back for you. To draw you up until myself. But you got to understand the new place is by invitation only. In this new place, there's not going to be that test. Or, Do you love me? There's not going to be that, that choice, am I going to rebel or am I going to... And this is by invitation only. This is for those that have chosen here to love them. So that there you could just love them and be loved. And there'll be no more tears and there'll be no more pain and there'll be no more hurt and there'll be no more sickness and no more disease and, no, and nothing that would separate us from the love of God. This place will return us to God's original plan 
But to get there, we got to go show God love, our love here. And so I want to offer you that invitation today. The worship team is going to just worship for a few more moments before we release you. I want to give you that invitation today to make a choice. Listen, this might sound something, it might sound something crazy. It might sound like it's a, something bold. But if God has been speaking to your heart right where you are, you know who you are. If it's only two of you, it's okay. If this was all worth it. Amen. All the money we spent on t-shirts and posters and emails and videos, it was all worth it. If one or two of you, God is dealing with your heart and God is going to make you respond. We would do it again tomorrow. We would do it again next week. As a matter of fact, why don't we just change the date on the posters and do this every week as a trick. But don't tell anybody. Because there's a why. The why is that God loves you, man. And family, God loves you. God wants better for you. God, God wants you to, to understand. Listen, and, and I'm not selling you a hype and a dream. If you come to Jesus, if you, if you give your heart to God, everything is good. Everything is gravy. All of a sudden, your, your debts go to zero. All of a sudden, people like you. All of a sudden, everybody at work treats you nice. All of a sudden, you'll get the promotion. No. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But we have the assurity that God says, but I have overcome this world. I've overcome this world. And so the beautiful part about it is you don't have to get drunk anymore to forget all your issues. You don't have to get so high that you can tolerate your life. You don't have to get so wasted, so shot up. You don't have to go and try to find adventure and sex with a hundred different people and get all kinds of nonsense and deal with all kinds of baggage. You could start to find love right where God gave it to you. That I can tell you is true. That I can tell you. I can testify. Amen? Come on. Can we get anybody else that can testify in here? That part is true. So listen, if that's you, if you haven't made this decision, if you say, you know what, today, this was a trick. I'm a little angry that they got me to church, but you know what? I needed to hear that, and God, I'm going to follow you. Will you just get up and come down right now? Come on. Come on. Get up. Get out your seat and just come down. Say, God, I'm following you. God, I decide to follow you. God, I'm going to serve you as we worship. Can we all stand? Come on. Come on, man. God is telling you, stop punking out. It's time to man up and be the man that I called you to be. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on. Amen. Amen. Welcome. 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 Amen. Praise God. All right. All right. All right. All right. Come on. We'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. Come on. This shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a quick decision. It shouldn't be something you don't, you don't do without thinking about it. Think about it. Meditate. Close your eyes right now. Bow your heads, man. Get, get within yourself and say, God, if you're really there, God, man, you know, just talk to him right now. This is not about joining a church. It's not about signing up for anything. We don't want anything from you. We want everything for you.
All we can tell you is that God is good. That his mercies are new every morning. Listen, if you're sitting back there and saying, I don't know, I've done too much. I've been a bad, bad dude. I've been a, I've been a pretty wicked woman. I've done this and I've done that. God says, I don't care. You don't intimidate me. <laughs> That's all serpent talk. That's serpent talk. That can't keep you from me. My son has already crushed the heel of the serpent. I've already covered you. I've already cleaned you. I've already forgiven you. The moment you decided to ask, I've already forgiven you. The moment you turned to me, you realize I was already facing you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship. And if I could have the prayer team come around these and just start to, to gather with your new brothers and sisters and start, just lead them in a prayer. Just lead them in a, in a confession before the Lord. Just, just have, them, have them understand the, the goodness, the gospel, the great news. Hug on some people and let them cry. Let them break. Let them do whatever they have to do. Let them scream and shake and do whatever happens. It's okay. You're safe here. You're safe here.